I'm a youth pastor from Victory Family Center in Singapore. Um, I last came, I think, five years ago with Pastor Jeremy, who's now our senior pastor. So on Pastor Jeremy and Chris's behalf, I want to bring greetings to you guys. And you, you're great friends of ours. We love your church and we love your pastors. And, you know, um, um, well, well, I'm the youth pastor now in Singapore. And it's been, well, the last time I came, um, I wasn't even married yet. I was. I remember Pastor Jerry taking me to South Point to look for an engagement ring and different things like that. But um, since then, oh, I've gotten married and we've had a kid. If you can help me throw that um, photo up, my wife and child. That's my wife, Carmen. And it's my little two-year-old, Johanna. She is just the best. I love her. We're just FaceTiming her last night. But all she wanted to do was press the X button to like end the call. She, just, she loves pressing buttons. But um, other than that, well, we've got one more little girl on the way um, who will be born in the middle of October. Long way to go to be anywhere near you guys, Pastor Solo. But hey, this two two out of ten, we're, we're, we're making some way twenty percent, you know. Um, but we're excited. My house is about to be overrun by girls. Uh, there'll be three girls and one me. Um, it's it's already pink. There are many pink things in my house already, but I, I'm anticipating it's gonna just turn really, really pink. All right. But so I, I'm just so glad to be here, and I believe God has a word for you this morning. I believe God has a word that He wants to speak to you to bring a change, to bring a shift in your hearts, and I believe that if you would come with an expectation and a hunger, as you walk out of these doors this morning, at the end of this, you're going to walk out a different person, with a different perspective, with a different mindset, as the Word of God begins to speak to us. You believe that? All right, so come on, let's, let's bow our heads and pray, and then we're going we're gonna to get into the Word. God, we thank you so much. You're a God who desires to meet with us. You're a God who desires to speak to us. We thank you for your presence that was here, even as we worship and even as we pray. And Lord, we pray that you begin to stir a fresh hunger, stir a fresh expectation in our hearts, to meet with you today. So a fresh expectation and a heart to hear from you today. Come and speak to us. God, we're open. We're ready for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let, let, me, let me just read you a, a, a few um, quick passages. But basically, we're going to read um, out of Matthew chapter 7 for just a little bit. And, you know, uh, all of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus basically spends most of it teaching, right? So he starts off by teaching, hey, don't judge. Then he starts, starts to teach people, hey, this is how you pray. Then he starts to teach people, hey, this is the golden rule, you know, do the others what you have. And then uh, only certain people pass through a narrow gate. He begins to talk about trees and, and bearing fruit. And he begins to talk about you know, true disciples and foundations. He's like teaching people all this stuff, like boom, 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 teaching after teaching after teaching. And, and I love the way the chapter concludes because in Matthew chapter 7, at the very end of the chapter in verses 28 to 29, this is what it says. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, these things being all the topics that we just listed, that's a lot of teaching, it says the crowds were amazed at His teaching. But see, I, I love this because the reason that they were amazed at his teaching wasn't because Jesus was like the funniest teacher. Well, in fact, if as you begin to read it, I think he might actually have been a pretty scary teacher as he's teaching. You'll be like, whoa, like, okay, Jesus, like, I'll, just, I'll not do that anymore. You know, I, I, I don't think they were amazed because, you know, his content was just so massive and so complex and so engaging to the mind, even though it was great. But what it says here is, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he taught with real authority. See, it, it wasn't his content or his humor or his charisma, you know, or, or his winning personality that, that amazed everyone. It was his authority. There was an authority that Jesus was teaching and speaking with that began to blow people's minds. He says, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. 
See, Jesus and the teachers of religious law, even though they, they, they both taught and they both spoke to crowds, were, were on two polar opposites of this spectrum. Why? Because Jesus was teaching with such an authority that they'd never seen before. There, there, there was something that he had. It was a different authority that he had. Because teachers of religious law would have you know, appealed to past teachers and past writings and their authority would have been based on, oh, that teacher said that, who said that, who said that, and so therefore I'm saying this. But Jesus spoke with a different authority like no one else had seen before. He taught basically like a boss, right? So if you're writing notes and you want to write a title of you need, you know, I, I, I'm really bad at titles, but if, you, if you're one of those that you just desperately, you've got to put something at the top of the page, you can write down like a boss, right? Like a boss. See, Jesus taught like a boss and he was someone who knew how to walk in authority. And I'm sure you, you know the kind of person I'm talking about. You, you know, there's the kind of person that when they enter the room, everyone knows he's the boss. There's the kind of person that when you're at work and, and this, this, this person walks in the room, everybody, there's a hush, fills the room. It's silent. Everybody's waiting for, for them to speak. Now, why does that happen? That's because we recognize that there's an authority on someone as they begin to enter the room. And we recognize that there's an authority on this person as they step into the, to a place like, whoa, there's something on this person that I just, okay, I, 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 I'm going to listen. I'm going to wait to see what you've got to say. I, I'll wait to see what you want to do. And, and you know, it's, it's, in, it's, in a, it's, 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 about, it's a little bit about everything. It's the way they carry themselves. It's the way they speak. You know, I, saying something, hey, I want you to do this versus, hey, you know, if you don't mind, would you be able to, if it's not too much trouble for you? It's, it's a different way of speaking. It's a different way of saying. It's a different way of carrying themselves. And, and what I love about this was that Jesus was able to claim authority that these teachers of the law weren't able to claim. Jesus was able to move. In fact, I'd say Jesus dared to claim authority that all these teachers of the law wouldn't dare to claim. And, and, and what I love is that, you know, I, I, we're called to walk in the same kind of authority that Jesus walked in. We're called to live in the same kind of authority that, that Jesus lived with. We're called to function and perform and move in the same kind of authority that Jesus performed, moved and functioned in. The authority is the ability to perform an action. It's power. That's what authority is. And as you begin to read through the Bible, it's not just Jesus didn't just have authority in teaching, right? But you'd see Jesus would speak to a dead person and say, come alive, and the dead person would come alive. That's authority over death. Jesus would be you know, out, out on the boat with the disciples and everyone's scared. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. The boat is flying. Jesus is just like, peace be still. He's chill. He knows he's in charge. He knows he's the boss. He knows he's got the power. He knows he's got the authority and he exercised it. And in fact, I, I want to read a, a couple of scriptures more. See, because Jesus not only had authority for himself, but he began to gather his disciples together and he began to send them out with authority as well. In Matthew chapter 10, this is what it says. In Matthew chapter 10, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, here are the names of the 12 apostles. He begins to list all of them. I won't read that. And in verse 5, Jesus says, oh, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's law. She go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. Demons give us freely as you will receive. 
There's, there's another verse that we can take a look at in, in Luke chapter 10, verses 16 to 19. It says, Then he said to the disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. Anyone who rejects me is re rejecting God. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And here's the key verse again. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. See, there's a clear moment here where Jesus begins to look at the disciples, the apostles in these two different instances and says, I'm giving you authority. Now, how many disciples do we have in the house this morning? Here are all the disciples of Jesus. Like, give me a wave if you're a disciple. Come on. I believe the same thing that Jesus said to these disciples is the same promise that's meant for you and I. That they were meant to walk in the same authority that Jesus walked in. We're meant to walk in the same authority that these disciples walked in. Authority over the enemy, authority over opposition, over sickness, over disease. Come on, over strongholds, over bondages. Authority to speak and declare the will of God. Authority to correct, to convict, to confront, to speak into the culture of our day and not have culture tell us what to do. I believe this is what, this is what God wants for us. But see, in order to walk in authority, we got to understand a, a, a couple of things about authority and its source. And I want to just speak for a few minutes and give you some thoughts about authority this morning. Is that okay? Right, we'll, we'll give you some thoughts about authority and we're going to pray and I believe we're going to walk out with an authority to, to, to live our lives. We're going to walk out with an authority to change the world that's around us. Right, so, so here's how it begins. It says in, in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Um, in in, in in, in, in Matthew 10, 5, it says, The Lord chose these disciples and set them ahead in pairs. See, there, there's, there's this understanding with the disciples, right? That when Jesus said, Hey, you, you, go. What did they do? They went. When, 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 and Jesus looks at these guys, Hey, you guys, go over there. Don't bring anything, you know, don't, nothing other than the clothes on your back and, just, and go over there. And they're like, okay, we'll go. Like, what, what do you want to say? You want us to go pray for it? Okay, we'll, we'll go. Cast out the, okay, sure, we'll, we'll go. See, there, there was this, response and behavior from the apostles and the disciples that wherever Jesus said go, they went. Wherever Jesus said do, they did. And so you got to understand that the first thing about authority is that authority comes from being under authority. See, authority comes from being under authority. Like, it runs so counter to what the world thinks of authority, right? Because in a very natural way, authority comes from me finding a way to be over you. Right? Authority comes from me finding a place that's higher than you so that I can tell you what to do. But what the Bible begins to show is that authority doesn't come from trying to climb over someone else or establish yourself higher than someone else. No, no. Authority actually comes from being under authority. See, by submitting themselves to Jesus' authority, the apostles and the disciples were able to operate in this authority that flowed down from Jesus because they put themselves under him. There's an example in, in, in Matthew chapter 8. It's, it's, it's the example of the Romans in Churn where he begins to say, you know, 
um, he, he rocks up to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, my servant's sick. Would you help? And he's like, oh, you know, you don't have to come. You just got to say the word and my servant's going to be healed. And he makes a statement. He says, I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers and I have this authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go come and they come. And I say to my slaves, do this and they do it. Even this Roman centurion had an understanding that I have authority over my soldiers. Yes, but that's because I come under the authority of my superiors. And for us as, as believers, that's so incredibly important to understand that, that we only have authority when we submit ourselves to authority. And in fact, the word apostle, the, the title apostle, what does that mean? An apostle is defined as a sent out one. That's the definition of an apostle. You, you're one that's sent out. It's a, you know, a, a similar term. Uh, as you begin to dig into it a little bit, it, it'd, be, it'd almost be like you're a commissioned representative. You know, it, it'd be used in, 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 in those days, in, in those terms, it'd be used almost like, you know, like, like you're a business agent. And so, you know, as a business agent, you know, I, I represent your interests in, in, in this other city or, 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 or in this other place. So, you know, for example, Pastor Solo wants to start, you know, a new business maybe in a neighboring state. In, and what's a neighboring state here? Iowa, Missouri, something like that. He wants to start a business in Iowa and it's going to go like, Judah, you're going to be my business representative in Iowa. I'm going to send you there and you have the, you have the power, you have the authority to agree to deals and reject deals and, and get this thing started for me. That that be the equivalent of what's being described here. But, but see, here's the thing. Because the sent out one, and this is cool, the sent out one in those days, the business representative on the extent of the full authority of the sender. Meaning, when Judas in Iowa negotiating a business deal, it's as good as Pastor Solo being in Iowa negotiating the business deal. Whatever he says yes to is as good as Pastor Solo saying yes. Whatever he says no to is as good as Pastor Solo saying no. He has the full extent of the authority of the sender. But there's a caveat to this. Because it says that the way it's defined, the same one acted to the extent of the full authority of the sender. But the caveat is this. To the extent that he accurately represented the sender's mission. To the extent that he accurately represented the sender's mission. So you only have full authority when you fully represent the mission. And so, let's say, you know, Pastor Zola says to Judah, hey, here's $10. I want you to go to the shop and buy us a, a couple of gallons of milk. So, that means that Judah can walk into any shop, right? And, and, and because he's been given authority to spend that money, he can walk into any shop and he can buy whatever milk he wants to buy and bring it back. And he, he has the authority, he has the space, he has the right, the power to do that. But... What if Judah decides, hey, here's $10, I'm going to go to the shop and, well, the milk's over there, but instead of buying the milk, I'm going to buy myself some chocolate, I'm going to buy some bread, and I'm going to buy some snacks and some nuts. What's going to happen when he goes home? He's going to get hurt. Now, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, he, he has no authority to spend that money that way, right? He's going to get a scolding when he, hey, where's the milk? Why? Because he didn't fully and accurately represent the mission that was given to him. But see, what that teaches us though about authority is that we, we get authority when we come under authority, 
But we, when we leave authority, we lose authority. When we cease to accurately represent the mission that we've been given, we cease to wield the authority that's been given to us for that mission. And so I believe a lot of times in, in our lives, and me included, there's areas in our lives that we walk and function, and just like, man, like, I should be overcoming this. I should have authority over this situation. I should have authority over this. The destroy, but wh 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 why, why don't I? What's well, simple because for some of us in, in those areas in our lives, we've come out from under the authority of God in those areas of our lives. Now, God, why am I, why am I not overcoming in, in school? Well, maybe because I've excluded the authority of God from my school. God, why, 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 why is it like, why it's work so difficult? Why is this business thing so difficult? Maybe because we've made a decision to go, God, like your authority extends to my family and church and, and, and my kid. But God, this business thing, this is, this is me. This is my own. I'll make my own decisions. See, what happens is when we come out, when we exclude the authority of God from these areas in our lives, we lose the authority to act in, in, in that capacity. And, and, and you know, the, the scary thing about this is, that tr have you ever tried to exercise authority that you don't have? <laughs> right? It's like, it'll land you in trouble. When we try to walk in and be the boss of someone you're not the boss of, it's, it, it doesn't end well. And the Bible is an example. The seven sons of Stephen in, in, in Acts 19, it says, you know, they tried to command some demons to come out. I right? said, then, now I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out. The demons go, I know Jesus. I know Paul. But who are you? I'm like, man, it, that's, woo! You're in trouble. It says the possessed man began to beat them up and strip them and defeat them. Why? Because they tried to exercise an authority that they didn't have. So for you and I, once understanding, that, oh, I've got to put myself under authority to have authority. I've got to, I, 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 whatever areas in my life that I want authority in, I, I, need to, I need to submit that to God. But also understanding that, man, if, I, if I'm not submitted, then I better be careful if I'm trying to exercise an authority that I don't have. See, because here's the second thing about authority, is that authority understands honor. Authority understands honor. See, what happens in our lives is that when, when dishonor is present in our lives, what it does is it actually causes us to come out from under alignment of authority. When, this, when a dishonoring spirit is present in our lives, it's, it's kind of interesting because one of the first commands with a promise in the Bible is children honor your father and your mother and all the parents say. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's one, of the first, it's one of the first commands with a promise. Our honor is a big deal to God. God takes dishonor very seriously. I'll give you an example in the Bible. Now, Pastor Solo didn't pay me to say this, right? But I'll give you an example in the Bible in Exodus chapter 12 tells the story of Miriam and Aaron and how they began to grumble against Moses. And this is what it says in, in chapter 12. Says, you know, Miriam and Aaron began to criticize Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But check out God's response because it's scary, man. It says, the Lord heard them. And so immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. Sounds like a parent giving, you know, about to give someone a hiding. And so the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of the cloud. And I want you guys to say, stood at the entrance 
of the tabernacle. Now, wh why is that significant? Why is it significant that God stood at the entrance of the tabernacle? See, every time that they went to meet with God, they would go past the outer courts equivalent of the tabernacle. They would enter into the tabernacle. And of course, there's only certain people that go into the Holy of Holies, but they would go into the tabernacle to meet with God. They would enter the tabernacle to, to have, a, have, a, have fellowship with God and to meet with Him. But the equivalent of this, God's like, meet me at the entrance of the tabernacle. That's like, if you think about it, if you're in school, that's like, that's not, hey, principal says, hey, come to my office for a meeting. That's Him showing up at your classroom and going like, I want to meet with you right now. It's a big deal. This is like, God's like, don't, I'm not even going to wait for you to come in. To, I'm going to show up at the door of the tabernacle. I'm going to meet you right here. You're in trouble, my friends. That's what God's saying to them. And it's, it's God, God, you see, God began to take a major issue with Miriam and Aaron criticizing Moses. And, and we've got to be careful because when we begin to criticize authority, and, and I, I know sometimes we don't, I mean, I'm from Singapore, we don't always love everything that our government does, but we've got to be careful about the way that we speak about our bosses at work, even though it's secular authority. We've got to be careful about the way that we speak about the leaders of our country. We've got to be careful about the way that we speak, even about secular authority. Why? Because even in Romans 13, Jesus begins to say, all authority comes from God, secular or church. And when we dishonor authority, when we dishonor, whether it's church leadership or secular leadership and authority, now it doesn't mean that everything they do, they do is right, but when I begin to complain, when I begin to dishonor, when I begin to undermine, when I begin to stir and sow dissent and discord, what actually happens is that we bring ourselves out from under the alignment of honor and authority. We actually exclude ourselves from authority and say, I I'm going I'm to figure this out my way. It's not that we can never ask questions, but we do so from a place of honor. Right? I remember explaining this to a young person, and I'm saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. If we're doing something, and you're like, man, why are we doing that? Like, ask a question. But there is a difference between asking a question to seek to understand, and there is a difference with asking a question to justify disobedience. There's a difference there. One asks from a place of honor. Hey, I want to honor you as my leader, so I I'm seeking to understand what you're doing. And even if I don't fully agree or don't fully understand, I I I'm going to honor you and I'm going to submit. The other goes, I'm not going to do it. Let me find a reason why. This is two different positions. Again, it's not wrong to question, but it's from a place of honor. And see, we've got to understand that, that honor is something that we choose to give. Right? You can say, yes, respect. You've got to earn my respect. Yes, you've you got, you got to earn Sure. But, but honor is something that we make a choice to give. It's a choice. Even though sometimes we feel it's not justified, we choose to honor. Hey, young person, if, if you struggle sometimes with honoring your parents, man, but like, they don't agree with me, they don't understand me. No, no, the Bible doesn't say honor your parents if they understand you. The Bible doesn't say honor your parents if they agree with you. No, the Bible says honor your parents full stop. And so regardless of what's going on, you need to make a choice, a decision to honor, but God will bless you when you do. So for us, what that means is if we want to walk in authority, we need to learn to honor both God and man. If we want to walk in authority, we need to walk with an honoring spirit. Right, but one last thought, and then we're going to get ready to wrap up and pray. But, see, I, I love this because, you know, in, 
in, in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus begins to send these guys out. It says to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message accepts me. Anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is, is, is rejecting God who sent me. See, there's an understanding here between Jesus and the apostles that, that you're going because I'm sending you. And when they respond negatively to you, it's not you that's being rejected. That rejection kind of comes all the way back up to the one who sent them. Comes all the way back up to God. But see, the apostles and the disciples had authority because he was sent by Jesus. Jesus here has authority because he was sent by the Father. And so Jesus operates with full confidence. Why? Because I know God sent me, I've got authority. The, the disciples operate with full confidence. Why? Because I know Jesus has sent me and I can operate with full confidence and authority. See, authority is something that is, it comes when we submit ourselves, comes when we honor, but authority is also given to the sent. Authority is given to the sent. And, and what it means for us, though, is, now, I, I don't, have you ever been in a situation where someone asks you to do something, but they don't give you the authority to do it? So you, sometimes it could be, could be a thing at work where your boss is like, yeah, I want you to straighten all these accounts out. You go in and you meet the accounts people. They're like, who are you? Why are you talking to us? Why do we have to listen to you? Your boss didn't tell us anything. You're like, I want to do my job, but I've not been given the authority to do it. It's frustrating, right? And it's difficult to get the job done when you've not been given the authority to do it. But see, well, well, why not? One of the times I remember, I, was, I, I used to, well, all of us in Singapore, you've got to do two years of the army. And so I remember that there'd be times when my boss would go like, hey, I want you to go straighten these things out. I want you to go sort those things out. And he'd tell us to do it, but he wouldn't tell the people that we had to work with. He, he wouldn't tell the people that we'd have to kind of, you know, lead or be over. And so you'd go in and you're like trying to get things done. You're trying to wrangle the room. But again, they're all looking at you like, why should we listen to you? It was incredibly frustrating because it's like you expect this, 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 this. is all this stuff that you expect, but you never gave us the authority or the space. to. How are we going to do that if you don't give us the authority? See, but, but, but what I love about God is that when God calls you and sends you, He will give you the authority to fulfill the mission. He will. He's not going to say, go over there and do that, but I'm going to withhold the authority. You figure it out on your own. You know, when God calls you and sends you, He will give you the authority to fulfill the mission. So I, I love this because as we begin to read those passages in Matthew 10, an example, Right, Jesus gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And then what happens in, 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 in a few verses later, it says, you know, Jesus gave them authority to cast out evil spirits to heal every kind of sickness and disease. In verse 8, it says, Jesus sent them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. You begin to literally see everything that Jesus gave them authority for, they began to do. Jesus said, I give you authority to cast out demons. The report comes back, oh my gosh, we, we, we cast out demons. Jesus gives, I, I, I give you authority to heal the sick. The report comes back, oh my gosh, blind eyes are open, deaf ears are open. What's that? See, everything that Jesus had tasked them to do, everything that Jesus had given them to say, I want you to fulfill this. I want you to get this done. I want you to do this. Everything that Jesus had tasked them to do came with full authority to see it happen. When God speaks to us and says, I want you to do something, what He also says to us is, I'm giving you the authority to do it. 
Hey, I want you to pray for this person with a sickness. Well, that's not just a request to pray for someone. That's also an empowerment to say, I'm giving you the authority to see it happen. When he says, hey, I want you to give this amount of money to that certain person, he's not just asking you to, hey, give him money. He's the authority to see blessing and favor flow out from your life. When he says, I want you to go and pray for a miracle for that person, he's not just saying, I want you to go and pray and embarrass you. No, he's saying, I, I, I'm giving you authority to see that miracle begin to take place in someone else's life. He's giving you authority as he sends you. See, we receive authority when we come under authority. We receive authority when we walk with an honoring spirit. But we also need to understand that if we want to walk in the kind of authority that we read about. And how many of you would love that? I'd love to walk with the kind of authority that Jesus walked in. Hey, peace be still. Oh, the rain stops and all. I'll just come out. Like yesterday, I would have loved to be able to say like, let it rain. It was so hot. These last few days, just flip that peace be still around. We could do something with some of that storm. So cool to walk in that kind of authority, but we're going to understand that if we want to walk in authority, if we want to walk in that level and that kind of authority, then here's the catch. We need to be willing to be sent. We need to be willing to be sent. See, are, are, we, are we willing? That's the question. Are we willing to come to God and say, Hey God, here, my, here I am. I, I'm, I'm here. God, would you, would you send me? And not have conditions and clauses that, God, I'll only go if it involves this and this and this. And no, it's some condition. God, he, he, here I am, God. Send me. Wherever you go, I'll go. Where, whatever you say, I'll do. Wherever you lead, I'll, I'll follow. God, here I am. Send me. See, but what we can trust and recognize is that if, we, if we're willing to be sent, that authority is going to flow in our lives. And, and, and here's the thing. See, we're all... Every single one, poke the person next to you and say, that, that, that's you. Right. Every single one of us were called to be sent. See, Matthew 28, you know the verse, 19 to 20. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But it ends right before that. See, right before Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He makes a statement, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, you, I have all authority. Therefore, go. He's not just saying go. He's saying, I have all authority. Therefore. See, that there's a causation here, right? Like, I have this authority that you're supposed to have. You got to go. And this statement's not just made to the 12 disciples. That's, that's our commission. That's Jesus' command. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't the great idea. It's a great commission. It's a command. It's a command for all of us. Say, hey, you know what? All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Me being Jesus saying to us, therefore, go. That's the charge. That's the command for every single one. First, I'm going to get a worship team to run up. We're going to get ready to pray, but... Here's what I believe. I believe that, that we're called to walk in authority. You know, we've, we've read the different scriptures in the Bible that began to give us a picture of what that looks like. And we've talked about some of the things that we've got to do in our hearts and some of the attitudes and mindsets we've got to understand and come under to, to, to be able to say, I, just, I can walk in that authority. So the question for you and I today is, do we want to walk in that authority? Do we want to walk in that authority? And we do 
you know, we we got to submit ourselves to God. we got to learn to honor and we've got to be willing to be sent. And I, I believe that that's the, that's the way that God has intended for you to live. Not to be overcome by situations, not to be just not to be pressed down by a stronghold, not to be restrained by circumstances, not to have culture or society tell you how you should live. I believe God didn't design you to, to you know, be, be pushed down by opposition or by the enemy. No, no, no. He, he's designed for you to live with authority over all of those things. We say to be income, authority over the enemy, authority over opposition, authority over sickness and disease, authority over strongholds, authority over bondages, authority over culture and the norms of our society. He is designed for you and I to live with authority. But the question is, are we willing to do what it takes to walk and to live in that authority? I'm just going to just ask everyone, uh, you just stand this morning, you can put away your, your notes and, and your phones and whatever you're holding, but I'm, I'm going to give us an, an opportunity to respond this morning. And, and if, if you're saying, hey, Joel, I, I, I want to I walk in this authority that God has for me. I want to live in this authority that can see strongholds shut down, that can see diseases be commanded to come out, that can see sickness be commanded to turn around. I want to walk in that authority. Then, in just a second, as we begin to worship, I'm going to ask you to just slip out from your seats and, and, and respond and come around to the front. Just that's, that's your sign of saying, hey, I, I want to take a step out and say that I want to walk in authority. I want to take a step out and say that I, I, I want to, I'm willing to leave the place where I'm at I'm willing to be sent. I'm willing to get out from the place that I'm at. And I'm, I'm willing to start walking in authority. Right, so can we just begin to worship this morning? And if that's you, if you want that, you just respond. Come around the front and we're going to pray together. And I believe God's going to move in your heart today.